Hey everybody, welcome to episode 3 of the Coin Jones Bare Bones Podcast. I'm your host, Coin Jones, and right off the bat I want to apologize in case there's any background noise. I've got cats running around me, I've got a furnace going off as I'm recording this from my friend's basement. Also, I'm 11, sorry, on my 12th beer of the night, so if I keep repeating myself and whatnot, uh... That's going to be the beer talking. Um, if you haven't followed yet, make sure to follow me at Coin Jones Pod. Also, I am at Real Coin Jones on Twitter. That account is banned by the time this comes out for a couple more days. It's about my fifth ban of this year, but it happens. So, before we get started, I just want to say I realized after I uploaded episode one that if I included music in the podcast, it was only uploading to Spotify and not other servers. So I will still be doing Song of the Week, but I will no longer include it in the Spotify episode. So if you feel like listening to it, you got to go on your own and listen to it on Spotify just to make sure that this episode gets uploaded anywhere you want. And when I do upload these... It gives you the RSS link if you want to add it to your favorite podcast server. Therefore, you get updates every time that I post a new episode. So, we left off last week talking about my second marriage, which was great fun. Um, As you can imagine, talking that and reliving that. But, in all honesty, I, I don't regret my second marriage. I only really regret my first one. But this week we are moving on from the second marriage. Uh, it's going to be overlapping a little bit because, as I mentioned, I started dating somebody while I was still married, as we were in a open relationship for the last bit of our marriage. Um, so, hell, we might as well just get right into it. This is going to be the heaviest episode so far. So I'm hoping I can make it through with one take, not needing to take any breaks. It might be a little emotional, but I am going to try and power through this. So while I was still married to Lissy, uh, she's, as I mentioned, she wanted to have an open relationship, which I put off for years and then eventually gave into. And the girl I started dating was somebody who worked with Lissy on second shift at the same place we worked at. And it was probably a bad choice from the beginning as she was 10 years younger than me. And I know that sounds bad and that's not something I'd normally pursue. But after Lissy invited her to hang out with us and whatnot, like, We were very similar people. We had a lot of the same interests. We had a real good connection early on. Even right after we started hanging out, I had talked to her about, hey, we should go see Eric Andre in September, it might have been, maybe beginning of October. And this, I'm going to say, was June, maybe end of May of 2019. And she was into it, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to buy a pair of tickets. If she wants to go, she can pay me back. Otherwise, it's Eric Andre. I've got 
plenty of friends that are interested in it as well that I could get to go with me. But it was literally within like days of us first hanging out that I bought those tickets. And things were going good. Uh, It was sort of a weird start. She was my ex-girlfriend. I'll just put her as S. If you realize throughout these episodes, people that I have to speak highly on, I'll say their full name. But if it's going to be mostly negative, I'm just going to give an initial because, one, I don't want to give them the good nature of saying anything good about them by name. And if I'm going to talk bad about them, I don't know legalities, if anything were to pop up, where it might be like, hey, he was saying all these negative things about me. Let me sue. I don't think that will happen with anybody I've talked about. But I'd rather not give them the time of day by giving them their real names, even though this is probably going to cover two episodes. So when we started, it was weird because she was 20 while I was 30. And my wife was pushing her to, you know, come stay the night. At this time, uh, Lissy had Echolasia, as I mentioned, and because she needed to be propped up while she was sleeping, she was sleeping on the couch every night for months. So she was telling us, you should come stay over, uh, have a sleepover with Mike, stay in the same bed. And eventually it happened. Nothing really happened for a while. Uh, we were hanging out all the time, and Lissy kept pushing, like, you guys should do stuff, you guys should do stuff, you should do it. So... There was one day we went to Six Flags. We both had season passes. And when we came back at night was when we had our first kiss, which I found out after I went upstairs. Lissy was watching from above just to see. And it was a weird situation. So she was on the same shift with Lissy. She also lived two buildings over from us in the same complex. Which, you think somebody you would eventually, before I jump the gun too much, before you would eventually fall in love with, it's rare it would be somebody who lives that close. But she did. And we'd hang out. We, I would get, like, no sleep on nights, go and hang out with her after second shift was over, even though I might have to be up at 6 in the morning. So there was a lot of restless nights just so I could hang out with her as well. And uh, I remember it was July 11th of 2019, 7-11, which is the main reason I remember. I had asked her out, and we started dating. And it was weird for me to ask somebody out after being in a relationship at that point for, I want to say, eight years. I hadn't asked anyone out in quite a while. Um, also that summer after we had started dating uh, I still sort of feel bad about this because of what happened but I had S stay over while Lissy was still up in Chicago in the hospital after her surgery for Echolasia she had stayed there two extra days after the surgery they thought it would be same day in and out but they kept her for a couple of days because I think her, um, I think 
there was something where her heartbeat or something was slow. I know I'm getting that wrong, but as I said, I'm now on my 12th beer of the night, so I apologize. I don't know if sober I'd remember exactly, but she stayed over, and I was sort of, I was worried about Lissy. She had to stay extra nights in the hospital that we weren't expecting. She stayed over, and I called off work the next day. S ended up calling off work the next day, too. And the first time we hooked up was while Lissy was in the hospital. And I know Lissy thought it was... She thought I had called off just so I could do that. But it was really... I was worried, and she might need to come home at some point during the day. I don't know. Even though her boyfriend, who was also on second shift, same with us, uh, he would have been able to come pick her up if need be. But I just wanted to be off work in case. You know, it could have been noon, and they said, hey, she's ready to be discharged. And I remember, and I don't blame her, Lissy being a little upset that while she was in the hospital recovering from surgery, I was hooking up with my now new girlfriend. And I'm not going to lie, it was probably a shitty thing to do while she was in the hospital of all times. Probably could have waited, it just sort of happened. But the whole situation was just weird from the start. Um, I remember when Lissy first invited her over after Lissy had her boyfriend and she was trying to set me and S up that when S went home, it was weird because I'm real bad at reading girls, especially if they're interested. And she's like, you guys are like a ideal match. You guys have the same humor like that went great. And I'm like, cool. I had no idea because... I couldn't tell. So that's really when it all started getting pushed more for me to start dating her. And it probably took about a month and a half of us hanging out for me to get her to date me because she was standoffish. She was also hooking up with another guy at the time who was even older than me. So that was probably a 12, 13 year age difference compared to our 10. And I'm not going to lie, I never thought I would date somebody that much younger than me. It was sort of weird. They can't legally drink. Ever since they passed that new smoking law, they couldn't even technically buy cigarettes. It was weird. But, you know, I was happy, and we clicked right off the bat, and things seemed fucking great. As I mentioned, I had bought those Eric Andre tickets, which... At that time in September or early October, we were still together, happy. We went to that. We went to a White Sox game before that. It was the final home game of the season. We got fucking front row down the first baseline. It was like a real good day. Um, It was a lot of fun, like the whole relationship. And it's weird because I know I'm going to say negative things about it very shortly but I don't want it to I don't know if it will come off bad with saying 
how happy I was during it. Not to take away from my first marriage. Sorry, not my first marriage. My second marriage, which I love Lissy. I always will love Lissy. I wish situations had been different and we'd still be together. But I was really genuinely happy with the way this relationship was going early on. Um, So as I mentioned, S was on second shift. I was on first shift. Lissy had to quit where we were working at because of her achalasia. Achalasia, I can't remember exactly which way it's pronounced. But she had to quit because she just couldn't handle work in eight, nine, ten hour shifts. So eventually they were looking for somebody to move from first shift to second shift. I'm like, well, this will be great because instead of me getting home, hanging out with Lissy for two, three hours, taking a nap, waking up, and then going over to S's place, two buildings down, I'm like, I can just hang out with Lissy before work, maybe, which didn't work out as well as I had hoped, and then go to S's place afterwards, or even maybe back to my place. And it got to the point early on where I was almost not at my place for like days at a time. I'd come back every couple days, pick up a couple pairs of clothes, go back over to S's place. And I was probably seeing Lissy maybe for a little bit, like three hours a week. And I know that was shitty of me, but it was like I said in the last episode, it's it was hard for me to give two relationships my full attention at once. Like, that's that's not something I ever thought I'd be able to do, and I knew it was going to be rough, and it was just as hard as I thought. So at this point, I started spending a lot of time with us. Um, at this point, when we started dating, I had long hair, probably down to my shoulders, and... I sort of liked it, Lissy liked it, S didn't really like it, and eventually it was almost like a uh, Britney moment, where I'm like, one night I'm like, let's just fucking shave it off, I'm like, it's sort of a hassle to keep, uh, keep up with, I'm like, I sort of wanted to keep it for all of concert season, like I wanted to keep it through like September for Riot Fest, but it was probably like August where I decided to shave it off, and I know... Lucy sort of thought it was a thing where, oh, I like it, but S doesn't, so you shaved. And I'm like, no, I was just tired of dealing with it, really, at the point. And I remember I wanted to shave it into a mullet. A mullet's a thing I wanted for a long time, for some reason, even if not a long time, even if for just a week or two, I'm like, I want a mullet. So when we started shaving my head... We cut it into a mullet, and I'm like, I want to keep it like this. And S is like, well, if you keep it like that, I'm not going to put out for you. And I'm like, well, fuck. I'm like, I want the mullet for a few days at least. But I'm like, I also want to get laid, as most people do. So instead of keeping it, I shaved it off, which I regret. I should have kept the mullet for at least a week or two. I should have just dealt with maybe her not putting out. But I shaved off the mullet. 
Um, there's not a whole lot of things too notable in those first couple months. It was just really falling in love. Um, I remember one day S stayed at my place and we were in the bed. Lissy was sleeping on the couch and in the middle of the night, it was, it was weird. So you sleep with, sleep in the same bed as somebody for so many years. It, you, once you sleep with somebody else in that same bed, it's almost as if you're in the same relationship you've been in. You might say stuff or do stuff that maybe with a new girlfriend you wouldn't, but with somebody you've been married to, you would. So I remember there was one night, probably only a couple months in, where we were half asleep, and I think I might have thought it was Lissy, but I said, I love you at some point in the night. And this was a little early, probably a little too early to say it to a newish girlfriend. And we didn't talk about it for like a day. And then I messaged her. I'm like, hey, I don't know if this is just a dream or if I accidentally said it in the night. She's like, no, you said that. I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, I do have those feelings. And she... If I remember correctly, she didn't reciprocate it right away. It took like an extra day or two. She's like, yeah, I do feel the same way. Like, it was a real strong connection right from the beginning, which is really what made the rest of this story so hard. So by the time Lissy and I decide we should separate because of just differences in what we wanted... I was basically staying at S's house every night. And as I mentioned before, um, at like late September, early October, at that point I had been sober for two years from drinking. A little over two years. And I decided once Lissy and I were officially splitting, I'm like, well... I really only quit for her. I'm like, I might as well start drinking. And I know S was a little indifferent about it when I said I was going to start drinking because she didn't want it to seem like something she had made me do because she had been drinking like a few nights. I've had, had people over and multiple people were drinking. There was even one time I bought like non-alcoholic beer and she was worried that it was almost them pushing it towards me. I'm like, no, it's just literally I quit for Lissy. I'm like, I enjoyed drinking when I was doing it. I'm like, I quit because my love for Lissy and my marriage was more important than getting drunk. And then when that went away, I'm like, well, I have no reason now not to drink. And we had a Dreamwave wrestling show in LaSalle coming up in October that I'm like, well, if I'm going to start drinking, I should do it before Dreamwave because that was a place where, oh man, those days were crazy back at Dreamwave, especially the early days. We would get there 
one o'clock in the afternoon for a seven o'clock show, half the roster would be there and we'd start drinking early and then we'd drink till six, seven, eight AM in the morning. Like it was wild. So I'm like, well, if I'm gonna start drinking again, I guess I might as well do it before Dreamwave comes up. And she was unsure, but she's like, Hey, if it's your choice, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. So she came S came with me to the Dreamwave reunion show and that was the first time in like two and a half years I got drunk. Like got there early, started drinking early. I'm like, I should pace myself because one, I've only reffed a couple shows in the last two years. Two, I haven't drank heavily in the last two years. But uh as the day kept going, I'm like, Oh, it's almost time for the show to start and I'm eight beers in. I'm like there went the pacing it option out the window. And, she, you know, she had a great night. Uh, Mustafa Ali came down and hung out. And we went to the bars till they closed. And I remember afterwards, she's like, oh, man, I love Drunk Coin. It's like, you were just dancing around, fucking having a great time at the after party. It was enjoyable to watch. I don't think she enjoyed as much when we got back to her place and I'm like I want some McDonald's made her drive to McDonald's picked up I think a Big Mac or something got back I had like half of it where I'm like yeah I'm too drunk I can't eat it but so at this point her and her two roommates have had moved into a house I was still at my apartment for this is mid late October I was Still at my apartment, technically, until the end of the year, but I wasn't really staying there because Lissy and I had separated. So while I hadn't technically moved in with S, I was staying at the house that her and her two roommates had signed a lease on. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't really like her roommates. Her one roommate, she always bitched about two. She was annoying and just... I don't know. She was fucking weird. And then her other roommate, even though S would never admit it, she was 100% still in love with him. Like, she had had a crush on him for a while, and he never had any interest. And while we were together, she kept saying, like, no, like, I know he has no interest. I've, I'm past that now. And I knew it was a lie, but I didn't like him, too. He was douchey and a fucking loser but that's neither here and there so next couple months while I was still technically had the lease on my apartment I was staying at her house and eventually once January came up and my lease was up I had all my shit already moved out I had um told them that I wasn't going to re-sign the lease And man, I'd be lying to you if I said at the end of 2019 that I wasn't pumped for 2020. So with us, we both left the one job we were at because some guy sexually harassed her and he got in no trouble. Instead, um, they started watching us more heavily, which was fucking weird. Like me, her and my wife's boyfriend 
because I don't know, he said something about our open relationship and instead of punishing him for being a fucking creep, they didn't do anything. So she quit and I'm like, well, I'm not going to work here either because fuck them for not doing anything. I also don't want to have my wife's boyfriend be my supervisor. So started applying for places like she quit without having a job lined up. And I waited to apply to places to put in my two-week notice. And I got an offer to work at this one distribution center for PetSmart, I think it was. And I was going to take it, but then I also got a offer to work at the Kohl's distribution center out there. Which, that was only seasonal. But... S had also gotten an opportunity to work for Kohl's. And while we knew it was seasonal, we knew there was an okay chance that we could be hired on full-time after. So instead of just taking the full-time job, I wanted to work with her and took the job at Kohl's, which there was mistake number one. So I took that in probably the end of October and then even before Christmas they had let us go because they were real slow for seasonal they're like it's usually not like this there would be like two three days a week where they're like hey anybody who wants to leave early go ahead we don't have that much and at that time while I was still sort of dealing with the breakup with Lissy. I'm like, yeah, I'll leave early. And we missed some days. We were sort of bad for each other in the way where it's like, hey, I don't feel like working today. Let's go home. And like, I know there was one day I was having like a panic attack there. I'm like, I'm feeling, it was like I was having like a panic attack about like suicidal thoughts and stuff because of my breakup with Lissy, and I had even messaged Lissy about it at the time, like, it was weird, um, but I'm like, I gotta get out of here, she's like, fine, let's go, and like, I'm like, okay, you talk to them and say we gotta go for whatever reason, because I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to have, like, a conversation with the supervisor, because I'm like, shaking and like, sort of freaking out, so we were sort of bad for each other, while working with each other because we didn't mind taking days off. So from there, after they let us go after like a break one day, which we had a feeling it was coming, um, it got a little rough because that was like beginning of December. If if not even, actually it might have been just before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, fuck, I still have one more month of rent to pay. And it sucked. I had to take out a couple of loans from random places because I didn't have the money for it, especially after getting laid off. And that put me into debt for six, seven months, paying two or three loans off because they were real small loans. Um, and even at that point, just to get by besides those loans, I sold off the TV I had from my old place. I sold off my playstation 4 because she had one i didn't need ps4 she had a tv i didn't need a tv 
and it sucked. Um, when I moved out of my place, I got rid of everything. I literally left my old apartment with pretty much my clothes, my DVDs, and my video games. Other than that, I didn't really have anything else. I got rid of everything, couch, table, whatever Lissy didn't take, and I didn't need most of it, and whatever I didn't sell, I just got rid of. So, January started off, and I was excited. I was just starting a new job, um, working a forklift, third shift. It was good pay. I'm like, cool, I'm starting a new relationship. I'm now technically moved into a new place. I'm starting a new job. I'm like, 2020 is going to be a great year. And uh, if you can guess, 2020 has not been a great year. So things are going well for the first, like, two months of 2020. Um, Not really many stories from that besides getting my new job. It sort of sucked driving a forklift. I already have a bad back from being involved in wrestling for 12 years and getting hit and everything. So my back's sort of shitty already. Driving a forklift and how much bouncing it does, it was really fucking up my back. So I had to miss, like, some days because my back was so fucked up. I had to get, like, um, prescription. It wasn't even really painkillers, but it was something to help, like, numb the pain in my back. And then what most people don't know was... um, at the beginning of March of 2020, uh, I was sort of being a dick because I didn't like her roommates that much. And at this point, like, she was hanging out with them more than me, even though the one she didn't like, but the one she was also in love with and refused to actually admit it. Um, I She had notifications on for my tweets, and I was sort of annoyed one night and even though I quickly deleted the tweet, it was something like, at this point, living in my car seems like better than living here because I was so annoyed with the rest of the household. And even though I deleted it almost immediately, she had the notification, so she saw it on her home screen, and um, she ended up breaking up with me. So I came back home from work one day, and the extra bedroom, the most uncomfortable futon in the world was set up for me to sleep on and that sucked and then she went so she was also going to Vegas with one of the roommates that week and that whole time she was out in Vegas I'm like well I need to figure out a way to get her back because I'm like it wasn't the main reason, but I'm like, I don't want to get kicked out of the place I'm living at because then I'm really fucked. I don't have anything. So she broke up with me for about a week, and um, thanks to Spotify Wrapped, I realized exactly like when it was um, because my top song this year was Mr. Blue by Catherine Feeney. Um, because there was a night I got back from work. I think it was March 2nd. I got back from work. And at work, 
I knew that night was when I was going to end my life. And you hear stories about these people having um, almost the positivity and happiness knowing it's going to end. And like, I thought about leaving work early, but I'm like, you know what? I'll just last the rest of it. This will be my last ever day working. It will be my last ever day anything. I was relieved. I was going to get out of this life. Um, so while she was out of town, I got home and I'm like, well, if I'm going to end it, as stupid as this sounds, I'm like, I want to finish the BoJack Horseman series, which is why that Mr. Blue song comes into mind because that was in the series finale. And I literally can't tell you anything about the last couple episodes because if you've ever watched that show, it's funny, but it's also very depressing. And when you're dealing with bad depression, it hits even harder. So, like, those last couple episodes, I probably cried, like, half the time. Um, But, yeah, I finished the series. I typed up a suicide note in my phone and hell I even posted a status I didn't post a status I had a status typed up ready to hit post for when I started fading that I could hit it and let everybody know that I was gone Um, even then because two of the roommates Well, S and one of the roommates were out in Vegas. Another roommate was still there, but she had gone to work. And I remember posting a note on the door, and I went, Hey, if you see this note, I'm dead in here. Don't come in. Call the authorities. Because even with not liking her roommates, I didn't... I didn't want to give the trauma of somebody walking in and seeing my dead body. Um, It was, even though I wanted to end it all, I wanted to at least give that courtesy because I know how fucked up people get from walking in on somebody and seeing they've passed away. Um, Obviously, I didn't die. Which, looking back on it, I might say unfortunately. Um, But I did work on a note I wanted to show us, like, to try and win her back. Apologizing for the way I've been, because honestly, with the last three relationships, the first marriage, second marriage, and this one with us, I improved myself with each relationship. Um, My first marriage, it was a disaster, terrible anger problems. Second marriage, anytime there was sort of a argument, like with Lissy, instead of, you know, it was hard to talk in arguments for me. Like, I'm sort of an awkward person where I'm not great at conversations to begin with, especially if it's something serious a lot of times. So there would be times where 
maybe I'd get mad. And Lissy would be like, we, Lissy would be talking and I'm like, I just need, give me like 10, 15 minutes and I'll be fine. But the worst part is after that 10, 15 minutes, I wouldn't really remember why I got so mad in the first place. It was something that would come up and I'd sort of block out why I got mad. Or she'd be talking to me about something and I wouldn't really have anything to say because my first marriage, I'd get so upset in these arguments that I didn't care what I said back. I'm like, if you're going to be an asshole, I'm going to be a bigger one, even if she wasn't trying to be an asshole, which, so this never happened with Lissy, but I'm like, I'm not, if we're going to argue, I'm going to be the bigger asshole in it. I'm not going to lose a argument. And I didn't want that to happen with Lissy. So a lot of times she'd be upset with me or something like, I just wouldn't say anything because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I didn't want to escalate it. Um, And then this relationship, I was really, I legitimately was becoming a better person. Each relationship, I was becoming more mature, better person, and everything. But So she got back from Vegas, and I showed her the note I wrote, and she decided, like, okay, let's give it another go. Um, And it was going well for a little bit. And then I noticed she seemed a little bit off. So, like I said, I was working third shift at the time. And I wouldn't usually condone it, but I'm like, things seem off. So I did what any terrible person does, and I checked her phone. And I saw she was still on Bumble, which is a dating service, if you don't know. And I saw she was messaging a guy, which then moved over to Snapchat. And I was reading through those. And she apparently, she had said, like, "Uh, I made the mistake of getting back with my boyfriend. It probably won't last long. Um, But, yeah, we're back together if you still want to hang out anyways. And apparently had gone hung out with him. So I saw this probably 7 in the morning. She was asleep. I had just gotten home, and I'm like, hey, we need to talk about this. I think I went on, like, a 30-minute drive before I came back just so I could know what I was going to say. It wouldn't blow up. And I think that helped because we talked about it. She's like, I'm sorry. And, like, things got real better right after that. Um, Like, it was, like, a night and day difference after that. It was, like, back to the beginning where everything seemed great. Um even so things are going well for a while even uh april april 11th uh after the band pandemic had hit we went to st louis just for a weekend getaway we figured we'll go stay at a hotel we'll see less people staying at this hotel and walking around downtown st louis than we will by staying home so we went there and it was a good time i had a great time there and um, a week later, on April 18th, I had bought a early birthday gift for her. I gave it to her early. It was some sort of game I saw on Facebook. And it's basically like different decks for different types of questions. And I'm like, okay, here's one. 
and I ask her, I'm like, all right, this card says, do you have a secret that everyone else knows that I don't? And she says, yes. And at this point, my heart sinks. And at this point, I find out she had cheated on me. Probably about a month earlier with one of her friends that she'd go to his place and drink and then stay the night. And, you know, I didn't really think too much of it. But she told me this, and... God, it... It fucking wrecked me. I immediately grabbed my keys, left. I went on, like, a drive for, like, an hour. Like, I literally, like, got in my car started driving and just yelled to like release the anger that was inside me. I was so mad. Um, and I booked a hotel room for the weekend cause I didn't want to stay there because I didn't know what to do because my heart was literally fucking broken. And I remember hitting up my buddy, Tom being like, Hey, do you want to hang out? Just cause I didn't tell him what was going on till months later. I didn't months and months later until he knew what happened leading to our breakup. But because it was just a pandemic, they weren't really comfortable hanging out with people. So I literally went, got a hotel room for the weekend, bought a case of beer, bought a bottle of booze. And I'm like, I'm just gonna drink. I mean, what else do I have to do? And she went to work, and that night I texted her. I'm like, hey, we got to talk about this at some point. She's like, well, where are you at? I can come talk to you. So probably about midnight that night, she comes by the hotel. And, you know, I never understood why people stayed with somebody who cheated on them like I never got it I'm like I always thought in my head like no that's a done deal it's fucking over whatever but it's a lot different when you're in love um like I found out about that and she came over and we were talking and I wanted to try and work things out. I wanted to try and keep the relationship going, which I never would have ever thought that that's something I would have wanted to do. And she's like, I didn't do it to like hurt you or blah, 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 which look, if you do that, you're clearly not caring enough about the other person. Like she got drunk, slept with dude. And honestly, I I would believe it probably happened more than once because she hung out with him after, apparently, when it happened. And, fuck, it, it wrecked me to my core. Like, even though at that point we had only been together eight, nine months, like, I was really fucking happy. Um, like, I don't know 
if we would have ever gotten married just because the if that hadn't happened and things had gone as well as I thought they were going. Uh, I don't know if we ever would have gotten married because, you know, I've had two failed marriages. Am I really going to get married a third time? What, if that fails again, what the fuck do I do next? Am I going to keep inviting people to weddings and have them be like, come on, man, fucking give it up at this point. Um, and I know, I don't know if I believe her, but I know she had found out like a month before or so that her parents were separating. And I don't know if that sort of put into perspective about relationships if she wanted to be in a long-term relationship. It also could just be we had a real big age difference. She was young. I mean, I probably shouldn't have dated somebody that young. But fuck, man. I tried tried to keep it going after I found that out, and I don't know why. And the situation didn't help itself when we still hooked up that same night. She stayed the night at the hotel room. We hooked up the next day. I think she stayed the two nights I was there with me, which really didn't help the we're breaking up relationship scenario. Um, And then even when the weekend was over and I went back to the house, we were still sharing a bed. We were still hooking up pretty regularly. We were still showering together, all that type of stuff, which, I mean, definitely wasn't healthy for either of us. And that whole time, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I know, I know my days are numbered staying there. As much as I'm going to keep, as many times as I tried to keep the relationship going, I'm like, I know it's not going to work, and I don't know what to do. And that's when um, a few more suicide attempts came into play. Um, I was, at this point, looking up the train schedules from the area, because I know there was, like, a passenger train that would come through Mendota and I want to say Princeton because I had taken it to or from Chicago before and I'd look up the train schedule and I'm like okay what towns are between the two stops and I remember driving to these towns in between these stops and seeing what's a good place if I wanted to end it to jump in front of this train obviously it's got to be somewhere near the halfway point so it's at maximum speed I didn't want to be one of those people if I got hit by a train that lived Um, I also took into account like where could I park my car that wouldn't seem suspicious it was also the same time I already had my suicide note typed up Um, but I also had made a wallpaper for my phone that said if you're reading this I've killed myself. I'm sorry. And then I think I had it signed with my name. And then 1989 to 2020. And then there was mornings where after work, 
I'd, you know, drive to a bridge thinking about jumping off. And these were just separate from my several suicide attempts. And I never... I never pulled the figurative trigger on those. Um, I remember hearing somebody had apparently jumped off one of the bridges in the area that I had driven past and debated, and he was found fine, like, a couple days later. And as fucked up as it would... It is to say, like, that was sort of a deterrent. I'm like, I don't want to do this and then survive if I'm going to do something drastic like that. I'm like, if I do it, I want it to be the end. Um, So a couple weeks go by, and eventually on Tuesday, May 5th, I was having a real bad mental breakdown from everything and S gets home from work and she's hanging out downstairs and I'm like hey can you come upstairs please like gotta talk and she's like oh in a little bit in a little bit cause she was just thinking I was gonna try keep winning her over but eventually she came upstairs and I was like shaking and crying. I was having such a bad panic attack, anxiety attack, whatever it was, mental breakdown, where I told her everything about the train stations, scouting them, um, the bridges. I'm like, I'm worried that I'm going to end it all. And I'm like, I don't know if going to the hospital is my next choice. I don't know what to do. So we decide at about 9 o'clock at night to go to the hospital. I call off work. We drive over to the hospital in the cell. And, you know, she can't stay because of COVID. So she has to go home. I'm like, I'll let you know what's happening. And basically my biggest fear came true. Uh... You know, they tell me they're going to... Well, first they take, like, everything I have from me. Eventually they come bring me back my phone. They're they're like, well, you're not supposed to have it, but just keep it hidden. Like, what are you going to do with the phone? And they're like, so we're going to transfer you. We're figuring out which hospital to bring you to. And we're going to transfer you. So... Eventually, they're like, okay, we're going to transfer you to Heartside Hospital in Chicago. We're waiting on an ambulance. Come take you there. And probably about, I'm going to guess, 1.30 in the morning, um, ambulance came, picked me up. They gave me a couple drinks for the drive there. And... We were on our way to Chicago, and that night, nobody saw it because I deleted it quickly. I'd posted a status saying, pretty much, hey, I'm on my way to Chicago. Uh, I've not been doing mentally well. I'll be all right, et cetera, et cetera. But knowing that I probably wouldn't have my phone while I was there, 
I didn't want people to see that and then for a week be trying to get a hold of me without any option to. And so I probably got to Heartside Hospital at 3, 4 a.m. They bring me in. They put me in sort of, God, it was almost like a waiting cell at a prison, really. Just a hard bench, small room. So uh, somebody will be in shortly to, you know, get all your info down, et cetera, et cetera. I was probably in there for two hours before anybody came and got my info. They took my shoes, took my phone, all my personal belongings, except the clothes I was wearing at that point, and then brought me upstairs around like six, where I had to, you know, strip, make sure I had nothing on me, and they put me in a room, and while I was there, I'm like, how long do people usually spend here? Because now it's Wednesday morning, and they're like, usually minimum three to five work days and I'm like great and this hospital fucking sucked I'm not gonna lie it was terrible uh it didn't make it any better that COVID was happening so we couldn't go anywhere besides where we were um there was literally times that we'd have shitty fucking Meals where it's like, here's a fish sandwich. Oh, they didn't bring any tartar sauce or anything up. Or here's a burger. Oh, they didn't bring any condiments up. Sorry, you're just shit out of luck. You got to eat these plain ass fucking foods. There's also times where people had vegetarian options and they only got the sides. They didn't get an actual meal. And they're like, really? This is all I get? They're like, yeah, I guess so. Um, that place literally felt like a prison more than a hospital. Um, there was nothing positive about that place. The only thing that helped me get through was the delusion of hoping when I got out that S would realize she missed me and wanted me around and that maybe we could work out together. And I remember being so upset because she was the only one who knew I was there while I was in there. And, like, we only had, like, a half hour to use the phone each day at night. And I remember one time calling her and she was grumpy about something. I don't know if it was something related to work or whatnot, but I'm like, I literally have five to ten minutes to talk to somebody outside of the hospital. You can't even pretend to be in a good mood. I got to hang up early because you want to be so miserable. I'm like, I'm fucking struggling here. And I was just holding on to the hope that when I got out, things might be okay. Like, I was in there over Mother's Day and I didn't call my parents more specifically I didn't call my mom because I didn't want to call her from some random number in Chicago and one have them asking questions or two telling them where I was because I didn't want them to know 
Like, I just was hoping that it could get out and things would be back to good. And I forget to mention that before I went in, S had given me a 30-day notice. Like, hey, you got to move out within, like, the next 30 days because staying with each other is not good for either of us. Um, And even though when I went in, we had been broken up for a couple weeks, I still had that hope. She hadn't changed her relationship status on Facebook. It still said we were together. So when I got out the following Monday, the 11th, uh, she picked me up because she was the only one who knew I was there. And that was when I saw that she had finally changed her relationship status. And then I knew she didn't really miss me at all while I was there. And that things were not going to be okay. And it sucked. It was a hard thing to get out and see that. Um, Like, I'd much rather have suicidal thoughts every day than ever go back to the hospital. That's how bad it was. And then coming out, I was so hopeful. And it was just worse. And then I made the mistake of trying to go back that Wednesday, I got out on, or that Tuesday, I think I got out Monday the 12th, the day after Mother's Day. And they're like, if you really want to go back the next day, you can, but you probably should take a couple extra days off just to get settled. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to need the money. I don't know how much an ambulance ride from LaSalle to Chicago, an hour and a half, almost two hour drive is. So I tried going back to work the next day and started having like a panic attack at work. And I go to the supervisors. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you know, I was just because it was a big place. I'm like, I was just in the hospital the last six days. I think I came back too early. And they're like, all right, that's fine. You can go home. And the woman who runs HR called me the next morning and she's like, yeah, you can have the rest of the week off. Like, Anything else you would need to know. And I'm like, no, I'll be fine by Monday. Why wouldn't I? And then the next Monday comes around. And it's probably about 8 o'clock. I'm going to take a shower, get ready for work. And all of a sudden, I start getting, like, nervous. I start, like, you know, shaking in the shower. And I'm like, I was having real bad anxiety. I took a couple more days off. Tried going back. Had to leave early because I couldn't handle it all in all I ended up taking an extra two weeks off and it sucked because this was a time I was starting to beforehand before all this happened I was really starting to get my life in check I had money saved up which I hadn't had happen in years and all that went away within those few weeks because of this breakdown I had and it was fucking terrible and I know S was talking to like my buddy Tom because we had talked about me possibly staying at his place for a little but after a bad situation with 
a friend of ours staying at another friend of ours place for way too long. He was worried about that happening. So at this point, I'm like, I knew I had no option of staying down in LaSalle. And when I knew I had no option of staying in LaSalle, I knew I was going to have to move back up near Chicago um, and hope that one of my friends would let me stay at their place because I didn't really have many options. Um, And I just want to thank Adam and Austin and Christina for being there for me. Um, I've known Adam and Austin since I was five, so we're going on 26-plus years now. And they said if I needed a place to stay, like, I was more than welcome. Um, So I remember it was June 9th. At this point, after the hospital stay, and going once I eventually went back to work, even before going back to work, I would spend the weekends up at Adam's place. And I'm like, hey, guys, I just didn't want to be in LaSalle. I didn't want to be there. And um, so on June 9th, I sent a message after getting back from Adam's, I believe it was. And I'm like, so I knew S was... They had a house group chat that even in all that time I was there, I was never added to. And I know for a fact that a lot was talking bad about me. And um, I remember asking S one night, I'm like, when all this is over, like, are we still going to be friends? Because she meant a lot to me and I didn't want to lose her from my life and she's like well maybe and then as time passed within those 30 days where I needed to get out which got extended by a week because of my hospital stay it got more and more clear that she was not going to want to be friends with me and that fucking sucked like she meant so much to me so I got back one day, I remember messaging her, being like, hey, do you want to hang out once you get off work? And she's just like, no. And I knew she had messaged them and be like, I don't get why he's asking why I'd want to hang out with him. Like, fuck no. And I'm like, seriously? It sucked. So I messaged Adam and Austin. And I'm like, I want to leave, like, now. I've got most of my stuff packed already because... Half of my stuff was still in bags in my trunk that I never brought in or anything from when I moved out of my apartment and with Lissy into S's place. And uh, Austin got back to me first. He's like, yeah, you can come stay up here. So I'm like, cool. I packed everything I could fit into my car. And I messaged S. I'm like, hey, I know we agreed on this already, but like, can I keep some of my stuff in the garage till I can come pick it up? She's like, no. You need to get it all out, like, right away. And I'm like, why? We agreed on this. She's like, well, I changed my mind. And with some convincing, I was able to get her to agree to it. And 
she's like, well, if this shit's not gone within 30 days, I'm putting it on the curb. She's like, at this point, she didn't know I was leaving yet. After that message, I'm like, okay, bye. And she just thought, it was like, what, I gave you an answer. And I'm like, no, I'm gone. I'm out of your life now. So I came up to Austin's. I came back a couple weeks later, picked up the rest of my stuff, which even she didn't even have the courtesy to be there. Uh, and as much as she hurt me, like, I didn't even get a goodbye. And that fucking sucks. Like... I don't, like, I hate her for how it all ended, even though it's almost the end of December right now, but I also loved her so much, and it's hard having those two feelings for somebody where you hate them so much, but you also wish you could still be with them even as much as they hurt you it's fucking difficult and I don't know like as I've said and will say and will always say how much I love Lissy like this relationship felt just as special as my relationship with Lissy even though it lasted so much less, like, I had so much love for her, and I was really improving myself, and it all got taken away with, in a fucking instant, and then it just turned into, clearly she, like, hated me, and it's tough to say out loud, because to other people, I'm still like, I hate her, she fucking, not all of the blame could be on her, but in the current climate we're in right now, like, that breakup and that cheating, it it's fucking ruined my fucking life. And it's hard to say out loud that, like, after everything, I still feel like I, still have feelings for her and I don't know why I shouldn't she cheated on me she kicked me out like my life has been fucking shambles since that happened and I still more than anything wish things had worked out and they didn't and it sucks it really fucking sucks I wanted her to be a part of my life after the breakup. I wanted to stay friends with her, and it just didn't work out. And it it fucking sucks. That's the only way I can put it. Um, But I feel like we're now over an hour into this. That's where I'm going to end this episode, sort of. Um, I'm going to give you the song of the week, which, as I mentioned earlier... Thanks to Spotify Wrapped, reminded me of my first suicide attempt this year. 
It's going to be Mr. Blue by Catherine Feeney. It's a real good song. Um, so go ahead and listen to that if you want. Um, but before I go all the way, uh, or go and sign off, um, first off, just follow me at CoinJonesPod on Twitter or at RealCoinJones once my account's not banned anymore. Um, send any questions, comments, anything to either at RealCoinJones or at CoinJonesPod, DM me, or CoinJonesPod at Yahoo. Um, and I'll make sure to respond to anything you send me on the air. I'm also at CoinJones on Instagram. And before we go, I'm going to do something that probably hasn't been done on a podcast. I am going to close this episode out with the suicide note I wrote months ago. And I'm just going to say I haven't read it in probably six months. So while I'm reading it on this podcast is the first time I've read it since whenever my last edit was, which really my last edit might have just been taking S out of the people to contact. Um, so thank you for listening to episode three. Episode four will be coming soon. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Uh, whatever you celebrate, I don't give a shit, but without further ado, um, yeah, here's, here's that suicide note I wrote many months ago, so it starts off with people to contact in my phone, has mom and dad, or under home if neither answer, have my sister, I have my brother, I have Adam, I have Austin, I have Tom, I have my buddy uh, Kevin out in Colorado, and then I have Lissy. And then I go, please post this, please post the following to my Facebook page. Here we go. I'd like to first apologize to everyone. I just couldn't keep dealing with this pain. On the brink of being poor and homeless, everything's becoming too much for me. To my family and friends, I'm sorry that this has become the end of my road. I really am. I always aspired to be more than what I've become, but all I became was a disappointment. I know none of you would say that to me, but... Two failed marriages, failed career, and a mountain in debt, there's no other word to describe me other than failure. I'm just so incredibly tired of fighting. I can't keep doing it, especially when it feels as though there's nothing worth fighting for. I always tried to hope that things would get better, but clearly that is yet to happen, and I'm just tired of trying. To my friends that have been there for me in my time of need, thank you. I know you guys love and appreciate me, but I'm tired of the sadness and pain and don't believe things will ever get better. In my passing, I hope you guys don't mourn too much and just remember the good times we had. 
I've done a lot of cool things in my life, and I'm proud of those things, but I was never meant to live a long life. I wish I could thank everybody who's made a positive impact on my life, but it would be so hard to put down into words. So I know there's a lot of you that know how much you meant to me, and I just want to say thank you so much. I love you, and I wish you guys the best in your lives. I'm sorry once again, and I love you all. Until we meet again, with love, Michael James Coyne, 1989 to 2020. Thanks for listening.